You're listening to The Recovery, a series of conversations about rediscovering the ancient faith in order to reclaim our own. Well, hello. I hope this, as always, finds you well. It is Sunday afternoon, and again, I have a moment to sit down and think a little bit about what happened this morning at our local church. Um, This is the second week in Advent, and our theme is peace. And as we worked our way through the Isaiah passage for the week, um, in which Isaiah is foretelling the coming of the Messiah, the King who will rule justly, who will care for the poor, who will um, make, as we're told, the lions lay with the lamb, the wolf will sojourn with the lamb, um, a little child will lead them. Uh, all these metaphors are built into this Isaiah passage. Um, we could not talk about how we get to that peace, and Isaiah tells us that we get there um, by a Messiah who is endowed first by God, who is given the authority, the wisdom, the ability to uh, rule justly and righteously, to be in relationship with God justly and righteously and faithfully. And it is out of that endowment, out of that relationship with God that he is able to uh, say and do the things that are necessary. And so between the endowment by God and the results of the world being at peace is the Messiah who does what he is called to do, and that is to speak truth. And there's this phrase in there about how his words uh, will strike the earth. He says he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And it's a phrase talking about how uh, the truth that comes from the Messiah will strike at the heart of the world. Uh, and, And it will be spoken with authority and if we are to find the peace on the on the other side, there has to be this in-between time of speaking truth, of being prophetic, uh, certainly by the Messiah. But then as people of the Messiah, we, we all also must uh, take that uh, into consideration and, and, and realize that we, too, are called to be prophetic. We, we as a church are certainly called to be prophetic. Within the church, there are certain people who are called to be prophets, um, and that certainly can be too heavy-handed at times. And if we're entirely prophetic, then we've, we've, we've gone astray. But we can't do what we're called to do. We can't find peace. We can't work for peace in the world uh, without carrying a message uh, that, we were, that we were given, the message of authority, the message that is given to us through wisdom, uh, that is handed to us through the Spirit, that is we clearly read in the Scriptures all through it. If we aren't willing to say and do the things that are needed to be said and done, um, then we can't hope to get to the peace that we all look forward to, that we hope for. And so today, I thought I'd just share a couple of clips from this morning's discussion. Uh, this first one has to do with exactly that, with with being prophetic in this world. Right, and then the next phrase that he uses, that he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, right? This is God saying what needs to be said. This is Jesus saying what needs to be said, right? And he speaks with such authority that it, can, it cannot not be denied, right? Here he comes. He's going to say what needs to be said. He's going to say it with authority. And again, we're reminded, hopefully, of moments in the New Testament. We've already looked at Matthew. When people are astounded, why? Because Jesus speaks with a certain authority that they've never heard before, right? He teaches. He preaches. He says the hard thing. He says the thing that they know is true, 
right? That, that the Pharisees aren't willing to say, that the Sadducees aren't willing to say, that the, the powerful political class isn't willing to say, and they'll say it anyway, right? There's a prophetic edge to Jesus. There's a prophetic edge certainly to the prophets, hence the word prophetic, right? There is a prophetic edge to John the Baptist, right? If we as a church, as we step into the pattern and the, the personhood of Jesus to be little, little Jesuses, aren't speaking the truth, willing to offend people, right? If we're too worried that we're going to offend somebody and we're going to have our funds cut off, whether that's either inside or outside the church, and we're not living into the calling of Jesus, right? That doesn't mean that we go out, walk around being absolute jerks all the time, that everything we do is, you can be too heavily prophetic, right? But we must be willing to say the things that aren't popular. Like the United States structure right now doesn't look anything like this, right? We have a political class that pulls the strings and the rest of us are left out and, and the poor bear the brunt of it. I don't like it. I don't want it to be the case. It's the case. You're offended? I'm sorry. Jesus is sorry. Right? In fact, Jesus, I, I, I love this, this moment. Jesus gives a teaching and their response to his teaching is, oh, this is, this is a hard teaching, Jesus. Who can, who can hear this? Who can follow this? And you know what his response is? Does this offend you? He's like, I'm sorry. You find that offensive? Tough luck, right? This is Jesus, right? This is Isaiah. This is John. This is the people that we're called to be. The words of our mouth ought to be God's words and they ought to strike the earth, right? If we don't carry with us a message and a, and a, and a word to this world that strikes at the core of its very foundation, in order to change it for the good, we're just, you know, as the Spirit of the Lord will say to the churches in Revelation, you're, you're neither hot nor cold, and I'm going to spit you out. You're just going along. It's not what we're called to do here. It's not what Jesus will do. It's not what Isaiah is talking about. As we continued our discussion and looked at the words of Isaiah, Isaiah uses uh, a number of metaphors in the third portion of this passage in chapter 11. And he talks about uh, wolves sojourning with lambs. He talks about uh, children handling snakes. Um, all of these dangerous, fearful pred- predator animals um, being at ease with their prey and vice versa. He even goes so far as to talk about lions eating hay uh, with their prey and we talked for a moment about the fact that that would require some sort of genetic or biological anatomical change to a lion because it's a carnivore. How does it become an herbivore? And while that's not beyond the possibility, perhaps in the new creation uh, that happens, uh, more than likely what is going on here is Isaiah is using hyperbole exaggeration in order to make his point through this metaphor. And we took a moment and asked the question, what does this metaphor mean and how ought we reflect on it? This metaphor ought to stop us in our tracks and we ought to be asking, like, is this the way we live? Is the, do we see this here in Emmanuel? Right? Do we see this in the church in, in Zanesville? Right? Do we see a bunch of rich families gathering in uh, churches across the town with no care for the homeless people that wander our streets? There are some that do. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, right? The question needs to be asked, right? And I can't do anything about the other churches. I can encourage them. 
But the best thing we can do is be an example. We can say, you know what, we're going to do this. Right? We're going to gather. Most of us in this room, we may not have a lot of means, all of us. Some of us do. Some of us are just getting by. But we, we all have a, head, a roof over our head, right? We all have clothes today. I think everyone walked in with a jacket on their back, right? We're, we're, we're doing pretty well in, in the grand scheme of things. In the, in the grand global scheme, we're doing very well, right? You may not have what your neighbor has, but you got a lot more than people in South America or Africa or any of these what we call third world countries, right? You're doing real well. Remember that, right? You may not want to recognize it, but most of us, regardless of where we stand in our American social class, we are bears and lions, and we are the ones that are taking advantage through systems and other ways the rest of the world. You may not even know you're doing it. As we continued on from there, we began talking about how it is the relationships that result from the messianic rule that lead us into peace, um, the, the true peace that is discussed here. And, and that's not simply just getting along. It is um, being at one with one another and with God. And it is that being with one with God that is primary and fundamental. It is the Messiah who rules justly and righteously and faithfully as an example, who is able to judge between us, to protect the least of these, to, when needed, put his you know, thumb in the nose or thumb the nose, finger in the eye, whatever metaphor you want to use to those who are rich and powerful, who are taking advantage of the rest of us. Um, and at times we need to recognize that we are that. Um, we, we, we had this discussion, it's this metaphor. What, again, what is, it, what is it forcing us to look at in ourselves? How do, how do we, as individuals, as local church communities, uh, us as a manual, as a local church and a larger community, uh, wh- what do we, what do we do? H- how do, how do we take what Isaiah is saying to Judah 2,700 years ago um, and apply that to our lives now? I can only enter into a relationship with you that is meaningful and trusting if I have committed myself to God and you have committed yourself to God. Anything less than that is a relationship based on self-interest. And it may be mutual self-interest, but it is self-interest. Right? It, is a, it is a relationship that I've entered into because I'm going to get something out of. What God calls us is to a relationship in which we all give. And there will be getting. I mean, don't, don't, don't be uh, messed up about that. Right? You will get from that relationship as well. You will be provided. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about trusting God. But what we know and what we see time and time again is when the church is the church, everyone who comes in, if we all come ready to give, right? On any given Sunday, there's a handful of people that come in here that that really need. That need prayer, that need help, right? That need food, that need a coat. Maybe there's nobody that really, really needs like that. Maybe there's somebody that didn't come today because they're at home and they're suffering. They need to be reached out to. Most of us came this morning and we are perfectly capable of giving. The church is a community where 90% are ready to give and 10% truly need. If the 90% are willing to help that 10%, it's a healthy giving community. And next week that'll flip. Next week you'll come in and you'll need something. 
And you know and you can trust that everyone in this room is committed to a God and is committed to a kingdom that does this, that provides for those who are in need. So you know if you need, if you truly need, you come to this community, it will provide. And you know if you have, you come to this community because this community is, will facilitate the giving. As we neared the end of our time together today, we issued a couple challenges. Um, Perhaps a little heavy-handed, but uh, given everything we had talked about, what Isaiah had said, what Jesus has said, it could not go left unsaid. Um, So, here it is. If you're dedicated to God and I'm dedicated to God, we're going in the right direction. If I'm here for a paycheck, right, and someplace to go and hang out during the week, fire me. And here's another, oh, does that offend you statement? If you're just here for you, stay home. Right? That's not what this is about. We're here to be a community, to love one another, to love this world, to love God first and foremost. Now, admittedly, these are some of the more heavy-handed and dare I say even prophetic moments from this morning. But if we are going to talk about getting back to the fundamental message of the church, if we're going to talk about becoming the church that we're called to be, the people of God that Jesus has set an example for and called us to be disciples, to to literally become him in the world, then we need to have these frank conversations. We need to acknowledge that in, in many ways, the church looks nothing like what Isaiah said the church would look like or the world would look like. It looks in many ways nothing like what Paul was instructing his churches to be. It looks in many ways, not like what Jesus was calling us to be. And we need to call that out. We need to speak that. And we do that in an effort to renew the church, to call it back to its core, to its root. When we see that we have lost our way, somebody's got to stand up and say something about it. Um, And so, that at our church is what we're trying to do. And certainly, as we engage in this recovery project, um, this going back to the message of the early church, going back to the message of the text, going back to the message of Jesus himself. Um, And as we saw today, all the way back into the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, and it, it becomes very clear that we are being called to be something other than we are as a society in general, but also in many ways, something other than we find ourselves being as the church. And we just have to be open and honest with that. And that's going to upset people. And I understand that if it doesn't happen, we're not saying the things that need to be said. We care for everyone, of course, but we also recognize that when truth is spoken, there will people there will be people who are offended. It is why Jesus turns to the people who responded to his teaching and said, does this offend you? It did. And it will. And, and if it doesn't, if, if we're not convicting people, if we're not offending people, if we're not stepping on toes, um, again, it's not that we're supposed to be jerks for jerks sake. We're not supposed to offend people just to be offensive. But if we're not carrying a message to the world that is revolutionary, that isn't upsetting some part of every one of us, then we aren't doing what Jesus has called us to do. 
Well, I hope that somewhere in there you find something useful. Again, uh, all this is not to be taken as a license to offend people just to offend people um, whenever possible. Paul tells us we are to remain at peace with one another. Um, But there are those times when truth must be spoken. And if you find yourself in that time and that place, um, I hope that you feel the prompting and you can find the courage and the motivation and perhaps the help by God himself to to say the thing that needs to be said. Um, It's only in doing that that we will find the renewal that we, particularly in our American Western church, so desperately need. As always, if you find this interesting or useful or helpful, uh, please like it, please rate the podcast, please share it with a friend who might find it interesting. See you next time.